Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So how's this for playing beat the deadline? The Giants and Daniel Jones get a deal in place, allowing them to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. When it looked for the better part of the last couple of weeks. It's going to be one or the other. That, yeah, either they were going to be able to get a deal done with Jones and Barkley might walk, or maybe that they were going to have to tag Daniel Jones. Last 48 hours or so, he'd hired some new agents. They made a lot of ground in Indianapolis. They went to the team facility today with the hopes of beating the 4 o'clock East Time deadline that just came and went, and they were able to. The Giants and Daniel Jones agreeing on a new four-year deal. So the big number never matters, and it's not a real number. But I'll just tell you, four years and $160 million for Daniel Jones. So you do that quick math, that's $40 million per year, and everyone's going to scream and don't crash your cars. That's not actually what he's going to be making over the next four years. If they kept him and he hit all of his incentives, he could make 160 That's not really how things work generally. But the 25-year-old coming off of a career year in his first big year, at least one report I'm seeing here, says that 35 million of that 160 is incentives. So that right away you do that math, 4 years 125 million, that's about 31 million per year mm-hmm. in actual AAV. And we don't know the guaranteed money yet, but my guess is probably you no know, 2 plus years are guaranteed. You know, maybe it'll be somewhere around 60 to 80 million tops, but I would guess 60 to 70 million in guaranteed money. So he'll do a little better than Geno Smith presumably, which makes sense cuz he's a lot younger, he was a First-round pick you know, on his rookie deal, he ended up proving that he's a starter and he's a worthwhile option to keep around. But for anyone running around going, Daniel Jones makes $40 million a year. It's, not, a, it's a nice headline, but no. Not really. Right. Uh, let's give away those Caps tickets right now. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're winning a four-pack of tickets to see them take on the Sabres March 15th. That is next Wednesday. Capital One Arena in D.C., courtesy of Monumental Sports. Go buy your tickets now, Ticketmaster.com, or visit thefandc.com for details. Hopefully you get to see Ovi light the lamp. Let's get our Beltway Blitz started. NFL on deck, commanders in the hole. We start on the hardwood with Ava Wallace, who joins us, covers the team for the Washington Post. Ava, thank you so much. How you been? I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing well. Appreciate you hopping aboard. 7 o'clock tip tonight against the Pistons. Give us some deets. Yeah, this one's a nice nice little landing spot for these guys after a rough couple of games in which they played well but didn't come away with a win. Should be a nice confidence booster. Monte Morris had an epidural in his back. He was dealing with so much back pain last week. Uh, Kyle Kuzma banged knees with a guy a couple of games ago. They're both questionable tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if Kuz plays. He's going to want to play in front of his hometown crowd. Uh, but Morris, I think, is going to take a little bit to come back, which means they're going to be down a starter again. But, uh, 
these guys are feeling good. I think they're going to really want this one after the way that Bucks game went the other night. Ava, I threw this out yesterday. I want to get your opinion. It seems that they're just sort of destined for this, you know, uh, this play-in tournament, the Ted Leonis Classic, whether they're the ninth seed, 10th seed, <laughs> eighth seed, whatever. I kind of don't care that much. I want the big three healthy. That, to me, is the priority. So if it means guys have to rest a bit more, that's fine. I don't think Chicago's going to catch them. They're imploding. Indian, Indiana's not really a threat. Wherever they end up in that sort of shuffle up and deal, I wouldn't want to see them with Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma healthy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I think the front office agrees with you more, too. Like, these guys, remember, you have, you have to remember, they, they still haven't played that many games together when, when they're healthy. I feel like I've been saying that since December, and because I have. Um, but this is kind of about seeing what this team can get done, and the reason why it's important is because both Porzingis and Kuzma have big decisions to make this summer. So, like you say, kind of wherever they end up in the play-in tournament, um, it doesn't really behoove them, you know, as a as an organization to make the playoffs with their first round pick then goes to the New York Knicks. So I think for them, if if I were these guys, I'd be focusing on playing the absolute best that I can and, and showing Porzingis and Kuzma that we can actually be something when we're on court together. You should stay here. Why can't they keep all those guys on the floor beyond just injury luck? I mean, it does seem like Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma like take turns missing games. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Bradley Beal took the first shift in the first quarter of the season. Now the other two are kind of on and off. No, the truth is, I really think when I was sitting down and looking at the numbers the other day, Bradley Beal missed those 22 games. Yes, that's true. That's a big chunk, especially a guy in the first year of a contract like his. Um, Kuzma and Porzingis have actually been pretty good through the first part of that season, and it kind of makes sense that they were the ones carrying, you know, an extra scoring load, playing extra minutes when Beal was out, that – now they're going to have kind of ticky-tack things. And I think kind of along your guys' uh, line of thinking, Kuzma's thinking the exact same way you are, you are, if I had to imagine. You know, in Portland, when he came back from, I forget which exact injury it was, but he said, I took my time. I took an extra day coming back to make sure I was fully healthy because I want to play when I'm fully healthy at this point in the season. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he and the Wizards are being a little extra cautious with some, with some right knee soreness that he's dealing with right now. Ava, remember like that whole thing around when they traded Rui Hachimura and it was like, it's to make room for Denny, and he had like a nice week. Are we kind of back to the, the, the older Denny now? Like, are we still making room for Denny? Are we still like... That's turbo to you. Yeah, it, it isn't, though. It's still Denny Avdia. <laughs> but it's I, turbo? I just sort of wish there was more consistent production, more consistent minutes, et cetera. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely Avdia does, and the Wizards do, too. Um, but you remember he's a guy in his third year, like he's going to have those ups and downs. And if you talk to Wes Unsell Jr., the consistency for him isn't necessarily going to come in consistent scoring bursts. It might be things like, you know, it's such a cliche, but they're trying to teach young players, make sure you don't accidentally have a good game. Here are the things that you can do to purposely have a good game, even if you're not scoring. That's good movement, knowing your guys on defense, things like that, that you can kind of help out and and don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. And I think Obvia is improving in a lot of those things. So, yes, they need a more consistent scoring burst. But I don't think that means he's not making progress. What is the ceiling and the floor for this team as it pertains to the playoffs <laughs> and seeding? <laughs> that is a really great question. I, I don't – it's hard to talk about their ceiling because I don't – I don't know if we've seen it yet, but then it feels like, okay, if you haven't seen it by mid-March, then you kind of got to say the ceiling's low, right? So I think they have a lot to prove is what I'll say. 
Um, the ceiling feels high, but they haven't shown that yet consistently. So uh, that's kind of what they're talking about when they say they want to get these three guys together healthy on court for a, a good stretch of games. Um, so right now it does feel like the ceiling is lower than it probably should be or it probably looks on paper just because you haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen them play consistently well for really that that many games in a stretch that aren't against kind of bottom of the league. They had a really good stretch in late January. They've had a couple good stretches of games, but um, not necessarily against the type of talent they're going to see later this uh, later next month and, 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 you know, coming up later this week in Atlanta. Ava, thank you as always. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Hit the NFL sounder, Darius. Our buddy B, our buddy B, I'm sure that's a word. Our buddy, you who know, B, our buddy B, our buddy B, our buddy, Benjamin Brown at PFF underscore Ben Brown joins us here on the Beltway Blitz. Ben, news of the day, the biggest Lamar Jackson franchise tag. Where does he play in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I know Atlanta's coming out and saying that they don't necessarily want him to be in the mix, but I think that's probably, uh, you know, a smoke signal in the other direction than anything concrete right now. So I think if he's not playing, in Baltimore, it's got to be Atlanta. You look at a couple other maybe quarterback needy teams that have the cap space, and I don't really think it matches up. I would say as well as Atlanta Falcons. So I think he's got that's got to be the number one destination outside of playing, you know, on the franchise taking his thirty two point four million dollars this year. Yeah, do you think that the relationship with the Ravens is mendable based on all the reporting on the bad blood? I think it's I think it's possible. I do think like the way in which they've gone about it with the non-exclusive franchise tag is allowing Lamar Jackson in some ways some freedom to see what his market value is actually worth, and I think that could do a lot. And in some ways, you know, repairing how far off these two teams are. But if Lamar Jackson, you know, gets the type of dollars that Lamar Jackson's going to, I think the Ravens are comfortable moving on, getting the first round draft picks, and potentially kind of resetting this team. So I think there's still some opportunities for some business relationships, and I don't think that that relationship has been severed enough to the point where they can at least come to some sort of amicable agreement if it is the best case scenario for both those sides. Call your shot. What happens with Aaron Rodgers? He's going to be a jet. I think it's going to move sooner rather than later. There's way too much else happening right now. And I think, you know, the fit makes too much sense. The Jets are, you know, probably the most quarterback needy team that could very much win next year, given the current state of the roster. So I, I like the fit. I like the match, but I do think it is finally, you know, Jordan love time coming up in green Bay. So he's going to be a New York jet. The, the relationship with Nathaniel Hackett finally happens in year two. If Aaron Rodgers is a jet, how good are they? I think that, you know, it is an interesting question. I do think, you know, if you're looking at them right now, I think they're like third or second basically in the AFC East betting odds. I'm honestly not a huge believer in the Buffalo Bills kind of continuing on in this progression that they have. I do think we see a little bit more of a slippage on their end. And if you don't necessarily know what's happening with Tua, like there's a, there's at least a path out to the New York Jets competing for the AFC East title with Aaron Rodgers in the fold. I know they have a number of good young wide receivers, really good skill set. I think if their offensive line could stay healthy, they are very much, I would say, at least going to be in the thick of it towards the end of the season in the AFC East from my perspective. You, you got to explain your Bills take there. That felt a little uh, out of nowhere. You, you just got the team that every year is the betting favorite falling off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know in some ways we saw a little bit of it happen last year, and I know, you know, everyone wants to believe in the Josh Allen, the jump from year two, year two, year three, and kind of being the Superman-type player, but I think he is maybe a little bit closer to what we saw in 2022. I do think that, you know, the loss of Brian DeBull is in some ways going to impact them offensively, and they don't really have, you know, a clear number two wide receiver option outside of ball, outside of Stephon Diggs, and the fact that they've kind of tried to fill that void and haven't had a lot of success 
uh, I think speaks to some, maybe some, some bigger fundamental issues, I would say, with their team. So I think if you're kind of establishing the pecking order of the AFC right now, uh, the Bills would be clearly, I would say, the third best team, if not even a little bit lower than that, from my perspective right now. Ben, what do you make of the Daniel Jones deal? I mean, I guess it fits. I know everyone wants to see the guaranteed money and things like that. It does seem, you know, uh, uh, not necessarily too high, but there is, you know, some upside for him if he does perform well. But, you know, this is a lot of a risk for a guy that, you know, very much they were declining that, you know, fifth-year option on him last year, and now we're paying him $160 million. So it seems like maybe a little bit of a panic play because they, uh, you know, obviously they want to lose him or Saquon Barkley and had to franchise take Saquon Barkley. But I think, it, I think if you're a Commanders fan and everybody else, you have to feel a little bit better about the direction that the Giants seem to be heading over the next couple of seasons because I still don't know if they are going to be a legitimate dominant contender in the NFC East over the course of, I would say, the Daniel Jones contract. You haven't seen how he's played against the Commanders. That guy is Pat Mahomes. <laughs> he's Every unbelievable. He plays against Washington. Twice a year. Hey, Ben, you know what they say. You are our buddy B. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are my buddy bees as well. Thanks yep. for having me on the show. That's a lot of hey, fun. I have an idea. I'm going to say thanks, buddy bee, and then you make a sound like a bee and like go bzzz. Oh. Thanks, buddy bee. Oh, he's gone. Thank goodness he didn't do that. Mm, I wanted thank it goodness. so bad. Danny, that's our buddy bee. That's our buddy bee. Goodness gracious. I think buddy bee sounds like something they say at my uh, my daughter's like little school that yeah, she goes it's, to. Yeah, it's what it's like. How who's I, the helper of the day? Who's the buddy bee? Who's buddy bee? <laughs> my little my little toddler. I really wanted him to go. Zzz, then we'd hang up. Uh, thank you, Ben. Our buddy bee. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, man. Matt Paris, Washington Times. Matty P. I didn't even realize that you came up originally with my big idea today, which was to have the Commanders play the Amazon Prime Friday game, especially if Bezos owns them. But even if he doesn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not really, I guess it's my idea, but not really. I mean, it, it's an obvious draw to make. But yeah, I, I'm totally on board, and I think it would be a lot of fun. It makes a lot of sense. You invented it. It's fine to say that you invented it, made it up, and that you're a super genius. It's like the piano key necktie. All right, Matt. Sure. They are discussing Dan Snyder down at West Palm Beach. What do you know? What can you tell us? Yeah, so the NFL meets this week for subcommittee meaning, so the, the finance committee uh, which Jim Irsay is on, will meet, and the the topic of the sale is expected to come up and where things stand for that. I think the major question right now is, you know, what is the traction there? And if Snyder isn't, if the team isn't in a position to be sold by uh, later this month, would they actually take steps to remove him? And what would that process look like? Uh, I think they're trying to figure out everything right now. Ron Payne. Franchise tag. Not a surprise. We knew that was coming. That was reported days ago. But the deadline did pass 17 minutes ago. So as a refresher, just give us some thoughts on where we're at with Deron Payne and where we go from here. Yeah, they would like to work out a long-term deal. I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen, but I think keeping him on at least a one-year deal makes a lot of sense. You can pair him with Jonathan Allen. Again, that's my best duos inside in the NFL and uh, he had a really strong year last year, and so it's a chance for him to repeat it again. You know, I think was, he's in a position to cash in no matter what, even if it does wait a year. And so bringing him back, at least on the short term, I think makes a lot of sense. Matt, if you had to wager on who the backup quarterback is for the Commanders in 2023, would you bet on Taylor Heineke or the field? 
I would bet on the field. Uh, you know, I, I think there is some interest in, in bringing Heineke back, but it, I think I just, you know, what happens if Hal gets hurt or what happens if Hal, uh, you know, underwhelms in training camp and they actually have to start Heineke again? We've seen Rivera be willing to go away from Heineke one too many times. And so, you know, I, I think there are other options out there, say an Andy Dalton, uh, that would kind of make sense that could help keep them afloat. You know, Heineke did a solid job last year, all things considered, but, uh, you know, I, I just think it's kind of time for a fresh start. And that's kind of where we've gone with the quarterback position, by the way, is I'm of the belief, like, I don't do celebrity backups. I just think there's too much water under the bridge with people watching, enjoying, loving Heineke. And, and I, I kind of want whatever happens, if you're really going with Hal, the best way to give him a shot is kind of a non-threatening backup. And you can get someone who's just as good as Heineke that people don't already have jerseys of. That's kind of my thought on it. I mean, is there something to that for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I guess so. I don't think Heineke is a, a non... I think he's a non-threatening backup, too, because I think he, he supports Hal and that he kind of would know the situation going in. Um it's more a matter of what happens if he actually has to play. This is a do or die year for this coaching staff. And are they really going to trust in Taylor Heineke again, if he has to play? I mean, there, there was a reason why they're going with Hal. I mean, this is going to be Hal's job, I believe, unless he, you know, vomits all over himself in training camp or something. But um, yeah, I, I just think it makes sense to bring in someone else. What's their biggest priority in free agency? Uh, I think it starts with the offensive line. Uh, I would imagine one of the two guard spots, um, probably both, uh, to, to take a look at who's out there. I think center, uh, you know, Rivera has, has talked about that, but they have Chase Roulier on the roster. Maybe they try and restructure him and then draft someone else there. I think that's a spot you can get by on. But, you know, they, they have to figure out the two interior spots because that was the, that was a big weakness last year in bringing in retreads like Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. You know, that didn't work. That is our Beltway Blitz and our guy, Matt Paris. Thank you, buddy. We Thanks, appreciate bud. you. No, we do it every day at this time. The teams in town you care the most about. Six franchise tags given out at the deadline 20 minutes ago. We'll tell you who got tagged. Plus, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is actually leaving Green Bay. Daniel Jones gets a mega deal from the Giants as the quarterback dominoes continue to fall. What does it mean for Washington in their hunt for competition? For Sam Howell, next on Grant and Danny. Andrew Brandt joins us at 6. He had the tweet that got some run in town over the weekend that he was told, and this is a former uh, ESPN business of NFL reporter, that Tillman Fertitta was working on a deal to become the owner of the Commanders. Now, he did say, for what it's worth, I heard this from a reader, and it sounded like just a rumor. But it seemed odd that he would put it out there, so we want to ask him about it. Indeed. Uh, He'll stop by in about an hour and a half. A lot of NFL news to catch you up on. So let's just start with the deadline that just came a half hour ago in franchise tags. Six players got tagged. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson. The Giants slapped a tag on Saquon Barkley. The Jaguars, we knew this for a while. Franchise tag on tight end Evan Ingram. The Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, end of his rookie deal. He'll be staying put. Speaking of running backs, the Cowboys tagged Tony Pollard. 
And the Commanders were the first team to come out and make it known that they were going to tag a player using the franchise tag at the 4 o'clock deadline today on Deron Payne. So let's go back through each of these in order and kind of what they mean. Starting with Payne and the Commanders. Washington will try to get a long-term deal done. It's going to be difficult. Payne wants upwards of maybe $24 million a year as a starting point. The market says he's going to get at least $20 million a year. The question is, are the commanders willing to give him that or a little bit more? They just paid John Allen at the same position last offseason. And the complicator here is that paying for four seasons was pretty good. Year five, he played he like great. an all-pro. And yeah. now he wants to be paid as if that's going to be the norm. And you just don't know if that's the case. It's bad business generally to give a guy a huge contract after they have one mega season. The Giants just did this with Daniel Jones. Yeah, the career year bump, yeah. It's a big risk, right? I think he ends up having to play on the tag if they don't trade him. My hope is that they'll try to get a deal in place where they can get some picks back. So there's something that I'm missing in this equation. I see that, what you just said. He plays on the tag. I've, I've kind of always thought that. Now, if this organization could look, you know, ahead of its own, you know, six inches in front of its face, they'd go best long-term would either be to sign the guy long-term or to try to trade him and, you know, sort of shape up for the next couple of years because you can't keep him at, at a high price tag. But there seems to be some optimism that they sign him to a long-term deal. I, I can't put my finger on it specifically, but there just seems to be this pulse that, no, 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 we're doing this early because we're still working through it. We're still there. We're on the same page. We both want the same thing. They seem confident. Not a report here, just a feeling. They seem confident, and I'm not confident at all. I think he plays on the, on the franchise tag. Yeah, the team's being optimistic, and they're saying that they want him. But they did this with Brandon Scherf. Remember, they said they had a plan. That's a good point, yeah. They said they, they didn't want to use the tag again. He ended up playing not once but twice on the tag. So I, I'm just not really believing what they're saying, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of believing the actions here. And they had a deadline today, and they didn't beat the deadline. There was no deal. Still could come. Doesn't mean that it won't. Here's what I know. In the four previous iterations of the tag being used in D.C., there was never a long-term deal done before the tag deadline on July 15th. Right? Right. So you, today's the day you put the tag on the player officially. You now have until July 1-5 to get a long-term deal done or they play on that tag. The clock started at 4 o'clock. Twice with Cousins, twice with Sheriff, never once did they get a long-term deal done. The idea of the, of the franchise tag is actually to get the deal done. Like, in other words, the Giants signed Daniel Jones before the 4 o'clock deadline today so they didn't have to use a tag. The only reason that it was important to beat that deadline is because they wanted to tag Saquon Barkley. If they weren't going to use the franchise tag on him, they could have just franchised Daniel Jones, and there was no deadline today. And that was the end of that. You could work all the way up to July 15th. But it was really important probably to Jones and his agents that Barkley stayed as his best weapon. The problem for the Giants last year is they didn't have enough weapons. So if you let Barkley walk out the door, you've re-signed him, but you, you, you're you starting the offseason where you already aren't good enough. Yeah, you already are weaponless, and you became more weaponless. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the only reason why they did what they did today. But really, with Evan Ingram, Lamar Jackson, Tony Pollard, any of these guys, you have until July 15th. I just know that they've been 0 for 4 in the past at pulling that off. And this regime specifically, I guess, would be technically 0 for 2. With Brandon Scherf. Uh, Next name. We just mentioned Barkley, so let's go there. Not surprised here. Running back franchise tags really aren't a bad idea because 
If you are a proponent like Danny and I are of not giving running backs huge, huge contracts, it is a way of the back getting good money and the team not committing long-term to a position where you break down quickly. It's one year and a little over $10 million for a great weapon. So they'll give the ball to, to Saquon a couple hundred times next year. He'll, he'll get targeted close to 100 times. Yeah, he'll get 300 touches you know, if he's healthy. He'll yep. catch the ball 75 times, whatever it is. And $10 million for that is a pretty good going rate. Especially for someone that's that's really good. I would never enter into a long-term agreement on a second contract with a running back. Would you tag one? Yes. Okay. I would do that an awful lot. You know, th- thinking one more year of Christian McCaffrey if my team is good. So one Josh more year. Jacobs with the Raiders just- makes perfect sense to me. Right, makes perfect sense because again, the, the where you're left holding the bag with these guys, the wear and tear that they go through, just the, the the attrition rate at that position is just outrageously high, and and effectiveness, the guys fall off a cliff. Every once in a while, you get an Adrian Peterson. Every once in a while, you get maybe a Derrick Henry where it looks like it's going to happen and then doesn't. I would lose on that, but for the most part, I just can't commit huge long term guaranteed money to a guy. A one year deal, I'd pay. Well, upwards of ten million bucks for for kind of one more go around of, of Saquon Barker. That's a great value to me. There are seven running backs who have AAVs now of over twelve million dollars a year. So to get Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing with the Raiders last season, with sixteen hundred fifty yards, ripped off an eighty-six yard touchdown, averaged a league best ninety-seven yards per game, and had twelve touchdowns for the second time in three years. To keep him around at ten million is a bargain, and you mm-hmm. could say say the same about Barkley. You know, if, in fact, he stays healthy. Um, just out of you know, thoroughness, just to give people the, the cap numbers on those backs. Ezekiel Elliott, 16.7 mil, the biggest cap hit this year. Derrick Henry of the Titans, who's their workhorse, 16.4 million. Alvin Kamara, who's in legal trouble off the field this offseason, 16 million with the Saints, who just brought in Derek Carr. That number could diminish. I mean, he could take a pay cut or a restructure. Nick Chubb makes about $14.9 million with the Browns. Dalvin Cook, who's on the trade block with the Vikings, the fifth highest cap number in the league in 2023, right around $14 million of Minnesota's salary cap. And then Joe Mixon is sixth at $12.7 million. Joe Mixon, who twice this offseason has been in major legal trouble. Did you see what happened now most recently with No, him? what's the most recent one? I missed it. Deputies entered his home amid an investigation into an injury. There was apparently, this is an allegation from yesterday, a gunshot at Joe Mixon's house. Yikes. Now, I, I don't know that anybody got shot. Like, it, a gun was fired, and the sheriff's confirmed, wherever he lives, that his home was tied to a crime scene after shots were fired Jeez. in his house last night. So he's got a lot of questions to answer. This was after he, I think he had assaulted someone yeah, allegedly so the assault, The alleged assault I saw, I didn't know about the, about the latest. Goodness gracious. I mean, yeah. I also saw him before all this mentioned in in part of trade talks. You know, just, hey, wouldn't it make sense if, if you shipped him, kind of looking at your watch and looking at the amount of money that he costs and where their bread is butter, which is three excellent wide receivers and a great quarterback, maybe this would be a good time to move him. May have trouble doing it now. I'm looking up at my, this is my manual of when to trade someone. Yeah. I'm not seeing right after house is considered crime scene. Oh, you want to you want to go on? before then? Okay. Before? Right. A couple pages earlier. Yeah. Um but those are the biggest cap numbers. Tony Pollard also got tagged by the Cowboys. Interestingly, three of the six guys they got a franchise tag were running backs. Mm-hmm. Pollard I think makes a lot of sense because this tells me they're going to cut Ezekiel Elliott. This offseason is going to be a blast by the way. It's going to be wild. I'm just thinking about in the division where you got Daniel Jones getting paid by the Giants which we'll get into. 
Dallas might cut Zeke, and now they're going to be keeping Tony Pollard at running back as they try to rearrange some things around Dak Prescott because this is really the first year truly where his huge money takes over. And then Evan Ingram of the Jaguars at tight end got tagged. And then the last name we talked a lot about earlier was Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Baltimore now allowing him, if he and his mom and whoever they're working with, I'm imagining they've got some help from an agency standpoint. I know he doesn't have a formal agent. Someone's got to be helping him through this process in some way, whether it's someone at the Players Association or what have you. Or an attorney. But if they want to pick up the phone today and talk to the Raiders and see what kind of deal they could get from Vegas, a team can come to terms with Jackson. The Ravens either then match it or tell that team, give us two first-round picks and call their bluff. And now that you've got Lamar Jackson. So much interest. I just, I don't know. I'm always wrong on these guys, just in general. I just feel like Baltimore won't let him go. I think they're going to match or whatever. I mean, this is almost a bet. Hear me out on this. If the Ravens are going, we think the contract is more reasonable here, right? And and Lamar Jackson's side's going, no, no, no. This outrageous amount of guaranteed money, call it 40, 50, whatever it is, right? If he can't go out and get that, and he gets something more closer closer to what Baltimore's been saying, and they'll go, see, we told you. Here's what it is. We'll, we'll match the deal. Like, that seems to me the process that makes the most sense for the Ravens in all this. I mean, there's still a path to him costing less than Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. If he's willing to do a shorter-term, fully guaranteed multi-year type deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Baltimore, they gave him a fully guaranteed one-year deal today. That's what a franchise tag right, is. Right, 32 and change. You gave him one in 32. Would you do six, uh, 64 over two, fully guaranteed? I'd imagine they would. I don't think he would. So the third year becomes the complicating factor. That's uh-huh. what Cousins did. Yep. When Cousins left, he got a three-year fully guaranteed contract from the Vikings. He took less money than the Jets offered him. They would have given him three and 90, I think, fully guaranteed. He took three and 84. 84 something like that, yeah. But he had the two teams willing to do that kind of fully guaranteed three-year number. Uh-huh. But that's at $30 million. Lamar's going to want... 40 a year, maybe like three and 120 fully guaranteed. In other words, if the Ravens said that we're negotiating off 32 million because that's the tag number, three times that is 96. I don't think Lamar would take a fully guaranteed three and 96. Agreed. But that's tough to turn down. I don't know how you could, I mean, that, that, especially if nothing else is out there. Like we talked about, I think it's a limited number of suitors. Meaning who are be- if he goes and shops around now, over the next month, finds out no one's going to give him what he wants. Maybe closer to the July 15th deadline, he could come back to like a fully guaranteed three-year deal with him. Something like that, yeah. I mean, to me, the the, the scenario for the Ravens, I, I think they're in a, a decent position here with, with this as I'm sort of working this out. Let's say the Raiders go, okay, we'll do, you know, I don't know, for the sake of argument, three and 125, all guaranteed. The Ravens could go, okay, we'll sign that. I think Lamar's been asking for more than that. Right, like a four and two hundred or something like that, or whatever Deshaun Watson got. Something to that effect. It's less than the 170, 180, 190 that we've heard he wanted guaranteed. And I think the Ravens have been saying, no, 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 lower your eye line a little bit. That contract doesn't count as we're starting to proceed through, you know, the um the permutations of of kind of the latest to get paid in the contract market. Settle down here. And it might end up being more in line with what they said. That's the latest on all the tags that were given out. Four o'clock deadline about forty minutes ago. Next, the quarterback dominoes keep on falling. And this is not a drill. This looks legitimate. Aaron Rodgers, start picturing him in Jets green. 
I think that's going to be happening. And it, it's moving that direction. We'll give you the latest next on Grant and Danny. Grant and Danny on the fan. I don't know if today's a good day or a bad day for fans in D.C. of the Commanders. What with Daniel Jones getting a big contract from the Giants. I mean, Ben Brown of PFF came on, and he said, if I was in Washington, I'd be happy that they just paid Daniel Jones. And I know that that's the easy thing to say, and kind of the punchline of the decision is, Daniel Jones is getting $160 million. I just saw our buddy uh, Mike Jones of USA Today and now The Athletic tweeting, how on earth is he worth $40 million a year? He had one big year. He didn't even throw 20 touchdowns this season, you know, whatever else. Well, number one, this is not actually $40 million a year. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to take for people to eventually figure out that that big number divided by the year AAV is not the actual way that quarterback math works. But 4 and 160 is not what you think it is. Right. That's you, not what he takes home. You wait to see the guarantees. You wait to see how much there is going to be paid out over the first couple of years. You wait to see where the bridge is to get out of the deal, the, the get-out-of-jail-free card. Is it after the second? Is it after the third year? The dead money after that, smaller. Like Quarterback contracts, initially, as you hear them, are just what the agent wants out there. But did the Giants go from paying Daniel Jones a pittance on a rookie contract to making him you know, a $30 million-plus-ish dollar-a-year quarterback, top half the league? Yes. And, and theoretically, that is good news if you're a Commanders fan, if you don't think Daniel Jones is that good. I would ask you, though, why are you so sure he won't be better now moving forward? This was his first year under Dable, his first year with an uh, adult head coach and an adult coordinator. They had zero weapons. That's so little. He was throwing to so Isaiah Hodgins and... Wandale Robinson. Good name. Good good call. He got hurt He caught like on. 11 passes. Who was the guy at the end of the year? It was Isaiah Hodgins and some ham and egger. Darius Slayton um, sometimes. Not Darius Slayton. Different guy. Another jabroni. Uh, what was that guy's name? Um, it doesn't matter. It Richie doesn't James? Matter. Richie James. Darius has been trying to talk to me for like 18 seconds, and he just keeps not talking to me. I don't know what's happening. Darius, who are you, what are you trying to say? I don't know, but I can't hear you. So whatever's happening, we need to fix that. <laughs> he just keeps talking to me, and everything cuts out. So he's, he's doing a, he's words. doing a bit where he pushes a button yes. for talk back, and now looks like somebody just stole all his money. Right. He just keeps throwing his hands in the air. He's, he's very like, he's annoyed that he can't talk to me. I'm also annoyed that he can't talk to me. Because we can clearly What's tell you're trying. over there, Clary? Well, I am Darius's messenger, if you guys can't hear me, which I do believe you guys can't hear me. That's always a great thing. We can. Darius was saying Richie James. Richie okay, James. there we go. Richie we, James. We got to Richie James. I don't even think that's the guy I'm thinking of. I think it is. Little Maybe. guy, a lot of crossing routes. He's a slot receiver. The point is, the Giants had no wide outs. They had nothing. Their wide receivers stunk. Their highest paid was Kenny Galladay. Who's going to be gone? They will draft a wideout. They will trade for a wideout. They will sign a wideout. They're going to have actual adults at receiver. Yep. With Barkley in the backfield. Their offensive line was pretty good last year. Jones ran for 700 yards and seven touchdowns like he was Sam Howell at North Carolina all of a sudden. If they add some talent around him, why couldn't he be really good? I disagree with this idea that, like, as Commanders fans, we should be throwing some party because Daniel Jones just got paid. Daniel Jones was a legit weapon last year. He was difficult to defend. That offense with nothing at wide receiver was a pain in the butt. We saw it. Washington played them with the season on the line and tied them yep. and then lost to them because they couldn't get Daniel Jones off the field. There were some other 
factors. Their own offense was bad, too. Those were both important. Yeah, those are all part of it. Yeah, I mean, to me, I I would love to see him. I I don't think much of him, but I'd love to see what would happen if you gave everybody, like, like, the equal set of weaponry. Like, league average or better. What would who would do the most with it? We know the top guys would do the most, 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 like the Pat Mahomes of the world, right? People like Justin Fields, like Daniel Jones, who have paltry yards per attempt numbers, terrible air yards per attempt. They're just throwing it short. It's all gimmick stuff based on running. A huge sack percentage. They get tackled behind the line a ton. I wonder what would happen if you gave everybody equal. It's like the ultimate exercise, right? You know who the best guys are. You know that Burrow would get a ton out of people. You know that Herbert, I think, would do pretty well. I wonder about guys like Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, and, and some other guys that haven't put up great passing numbers uh, for several years. I know I'm an NFL mark. It is a drug to me. I am addicted. If the National Football League could kill you, I would have died of an overdose a long, long time ago. I cannot get enough. I am hooked. It's a problem, okay? I schedule my entire life around the NFL schedule. This is a fact. My wife will attest to this. I think we're not, and I don't mean you and I specifically on this show, mm-hmm. but just I'm sitting here, so what do I know about what's going on in the world? I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Because I think Aaron Rodgers is about to be a Jet. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. This is a guy who has been with one team in one city since 2005 for his entire career. He's about to go, probably, I'll hedge, he is, to the Jets. Last offseason, the yeah. offseason before that, we've done this. Is something going to happen with Aaron Rodgers only to find out no? And everyone said this offseason to be the same thing. He wants his attention. He wants people talking about him. He's going to stay in Green Bay. Danny, yeah. the Packers have been Aaron Rodgers since I was in high school. Gosh. I graduated high school as he was taking over as their quarterback. I'm a dude with a wife and kids and a mortgage. And a car payment. He's about to be a New York Jet. That just feels like a seminal, massive NFL moment. So you are 100% right that it's not getting talked about the same way. But I think you also stumbled onto the reason why. Because we've done this will he, won't he. In, out. Trade, retire. What am I doing? I'm going to a yurt. I'm going to uh, do a puke treatment based on drugs I take with the girl from uh, the movie series that failed, that they stopped making, the Divergent, Revergent, Alvergent, Revergent, Virgency movies. All sorts of weird stuff with him. Every year we do this dance, so nobody's taking it seriously anymore. We got a great big Boy You Cried Wolf situation. I actually tend to agree with you. I think this one is real, but nobody thinks it is because that's all we've done for the last several seasons. Maybe. That's about as good as I could come up with. I just think, I don't know what I want people to do. I think I want everyone to just like take off their shirts if they're a dude. Yep. I think you're allowed to do that. And just run around waving it over your head, screaming at the top He's of your lungs. He's a jet, you guys. People should grab megaphones. Uh-huh. The band should be playing. Quarterbacks like this don't go other places. I still remember where I was when I found out Peyton Manning was about to be a Denver Bronco. I, was, I can picture myself sitting in a hotel where exactly where I was. Tom Brady to the Bucks. This is the third version of that. This is the third act, if and when this happens, which it looks like it will. Uh, I want to open up the phones, though. Daniel Jones getting paid by the Giants. As a Commanders fan, how do you feel about that, and what are your thoughts on that? In the division, what's your take on the Cowboys have committed to Dak Prescott at a huge number. The Giants 
have now committed to Daniel Jones at a less huge but a significant number. And the Eagles have found their guy in Jalen Hurts. Washington's the last team that hasn't. But I'll be honest, Jalen Hurts is going to get bigger than Dak money. I mean, he's going to get something that starts with a five. That could be difficult going forward for them. It, it may not happen right away. But good day or bad day if you're the commanders with Daniel Jones being locked in for multiple years for the Giants. 800-636-1067. Plus, we'll discuss the quarterback room here in D.C. as it pertains to competition for Sam Howell and whether or not the team might look at Taylor Heineke or the field. You're listening to Grant and Danny on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 